Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So this chick is trolling me on Instagram saying you shouldn't tell people that babies can't eat peanut butter. You guys, babies cannot eat globs of peanut butter the second week that they start solid foods. It's a huge choking risk. I'll show you how you can do it safely, but don't do it that way. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian and mom of seven, specializing in baby led weaning. The thing we're making easy today, guys, in this episode are peanuts. How to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. People freak out about peanuts. It's like high on the anxiety scale for a lot of parents, but I am going to strip away all of that fear and anxiety and show you how you can do peanuts safely for your baby. Because things have changed a lot with regard to the guidance and the evidence about the introduction of peanuts. Whereas we used to say, wait until the baby was much older to introduce peanut allergy, allergen rather, the allergenic portion of peanut, which is the protein. The new guidance says early introduction actually helps prevent against peanut allergy down the road. So we got to introduce peanut protein early and often. This episode is all about how you do it. Now, I like to start every episode with a tip of the day for baby led weaning. Today's is time sensitive. I'm recording this during the COVID-19 quarantine. And so I am getting blown up by questions about, is it safe to introduce peanuts during COVID? We're going to talk about what puts your baby at high risk for peanut allergy, but the answer is if your baby is not in the very small percentage of babies who are identified as being at high risk for peanut allergy, then yes, it is totally safe to introduce your baby to peanuts. And you actually should not delay the introduction of peanut allergy if your baby's not at high risk. You got to do this even amid the quarantine. So hang tight because I'm going to be sharing with you at the end of this episode, three very practical yet very different ways that you can introduce your baby to peanuts using food. I teach baby led weaning. Baby led weaning is only safe when a baby is six months of age or older, plus exhibiting the other signs of readiness to feed. Babies can eat food based versions of all of these allergenic things, these allergenic foods starting at six months of age. So parents will sometimes ask me how I feel about some of these medicalized products 
that are powders and lotions and potions, et cetera, that you pour into your baby's bottle, what have you to introduce the allergenic food. If your baby's not high risk for peanut allergy, then you can wait till six months and you can feed your baby food. So I'll show you three different ways to do that with peanut allergy today. So I want to start out with a quick story. Uh, some of you may know I do a lot of baby led weaning training on Instagram and I have a rather large Instagram following that is incredibly nice. Like there are no trolls in my community. And if there are, the other people squelch them and they disappear before I even see them, which is pretty rare. And I feel like one of the nice things about growing an account slowly and purposely for parents who really want to learn how to do baby led weaning is that it attracts a really nice group of parents and caregivers. But when I was just starting out, I remember posting about peanuts and some trollish person put a comment about, I was talking about the three different ways that I do peanuts. And then the person said, this is ridiculous because babies can just eat peanut butter in the comments. And I was like, that's actually a very dangerous recommendation because while you can put anything in a baby's mouth, that doesn't mean that you should. And large globs of peanut butter, which I see parents unfortunately feeding to their babies all the time on Instagram and other social media channels, is super dangerous. Think about how sticky peanut butter is. Even the smoothest, creamiest peanut butter out there is still super sticky. And if your baby's been eating for two or three weeks, they don't have the skill set to efficiently, effectively, and safely be able to clear that sticky, sticky food from the roof of their mouth. And the thing with peanuts is because peanuts are one of the three most common pediatric food allergies, milk, egg, and peanut are, I like to do milk, egg, and peanut in the first three weeks of baby led weaning. But I hate to break it to you, troll lady on Instagram, you can't feed babies globs of peanut butter. I'll talk about how you can do peanut butter safely, but you cannot just spoon it out into your baby's bowl three weeks into solid foods and expect them not to choke on it. So let's talk a little bit about peanut allergy statistics. Peanut is a potentially anaphylactic food allergy, and it's a, one that's difficult to outgrow once it's acquired. Some food allergies, if children acquire them as infants early on, they're likely to outgrow them. Peanut is not one of those. It tends to be a lifelong food allergy. And so in old clinical practice, like I remember when I was in registered dietitian school, W dietitian school, as my professor called it, which was, I will be vague, but over 20 years ago, the practice used to be to delay the introduction of peanut to our babies until after three years. Like the thought was, if we delay the introduction of peanuts, then the babies won't be allergic. The problem was it wasn't based on any evidence. So in the last decade, we've had this like tidal wave of research that shows definitively that early introduction of allergenic foods, particularly peanuts, like the most convincing evidence that we have is for peanuts, that the early introduction of peanut protein helps to prevent peanut allergy down the road. The LEAP study, learning early about peanut, was a landmark study providing evidence from a high-quality randomized trial to support this paradigm shift for the early introduction of foods. If you're at all nerdy about research, check out the LEAP studies. They're fascinating. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
if you're not so nerdy and you just want to read like the, the high level summary, the book I recommend is Eat the Eight. It's by Dr. Ron Sunog, who I've had the great opportunity to work with a number of times. He is a pediatrician and he specializes in the introduction of food allergies. And his book is called Eat the Eight, meaning eat the big eight allergenic foods. Those are the eight foods that account for 90% of food allergy. And his subtitle is Preventing Food Allergy with Food and the Imperfect Art of Medicine. So he, I really like his approach because he recommends six-month-old babies and older eat food, which they can. And I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek there. They don't need expensive medicalized subscription-based services. We can feed our babies these foods safely, but we don't do it in globs of peanut butter. But the subtitle talking about the imperfect art of medicine, there's a lot of history there about how we used to recommend parents delay the introduction of these allergenic foods. And that kind of just became the mindset especially among pediatricians who tend to be the ones who talk about this stuff, if at all, if anyone talks about this to parents. And that many of those recommendations, all of those recommendations weren't actually based on sound evidence. And so that now when we have this emerging body of evidence that says, whoa, wait a minute, you don't tell parents to delay the introduction, they actually should be doing it earlier. Even a number of years after these guidelines go into place, we find that still like only like 11% of pediatricians are telling parents to do the early introduction of peanuts. So there's a lot of work to be done. The book Eat the Eight is very interesting. I'm going to link it up in the show notes for this episode, which is at blwpodcast.com slash 14. So in the LEAP study, they found that the introduction of peanuts somewhere between the four to 11 month age mark significantly reduced the risk of developing peanut allergy in high risk infants. And you might've caught that it started with four months. And if you know anything about safely feeding babies, four month old babies cannot safely eat solid foods. So in the event that a baby is identified as being at high risk for peanut allergy, the high risk categorization now means the baby either has an established egg allergy and or severe eczema. If your baby already has egg allergy and or severe eczema, I'm not talking run-of-the-mill eczema that all babies have. We're talking severe eczema here. If that pertains to your baby, then the evidence and the guidelines are to introduce peanut protein at four to six months of age. There are some safer ways to do that. um, And I can link those for you guys in the show notes. But in the instance of a high-risk baby who does need to start peanut protein prior to six months of age, then I think that some of those medical foods, like those stick packs that you would mix in with a bottle are more appropriate because of course a baby can safely drink a bottle at four months of age, but a baby cannot safely eat food at four months of age. The reality is the majority of your babies are not going to be in that high risk category. So you can wait until six months of age when the baby can actually eat the food. So when do we introduce the food? All right. The highest risk infants, again, four to six months of age, and they need to have an allergy test prior to the introduction. So you're the ones who should not be doing peanut introduction during a pandemic if your baby is in the high risk category. The at-risk infants, which is a different categorization, and again, I'll link to the recommendations in the show notes so you can decide if, not decide, but you can look at your baby's diagnoses, medical conditions and say, am I high risk, am I at risk, or am I low risk? The point is, if you're not high risk, you can wait till six months or later. So regardless of risk level, all babies who demonstrate tolerance should eat peanut containing foods regularly to maintain tolerance, meaning that we don't just feed peanut once and then peace out, we're done with peanut. Nope, we got to do it early and often, meaning we continue to introduce that into the, into the baby. So let's talk about three strategies for introducing peanuts. The first one, I got a response to Troll Lady, you can do peanut butter. 
Okay, but again, peanut butter and thick globs is a choking risk for baby. So you don't just spoon it out into the bowl. We always want to avoid chunky peanut butter, even for older babies and toddlers, because that can be a choking hazard. So it is safe to offer peanut butter to earlier eaters if you thin it out. I will be honest, this is still not my preferred mechanism for introducing peanuts. However, if you can't get access to or do the other two approaches that I'm going to show you in a second, then yeah, do thinned out peanut butter, but thin it out. So you can mix it into, always mix it into a food your baby has already had tolerated without allergic reaction or negative reactions a number of times. So like you can mix peanut butter into unsweetened applesauce to thin it out, provided that you've, your baby's already had that texture and did well with it. You can mix peanut butter into whole milk, full fat yogurt, provided that your baby's already been exposed because yogurt is cow's milk protein. And that's a different allergenic food. We don't introduce two allergenic foods at the same time, because of course, if the baby had a reaction, how would you be able to observe which potentially allergenic food it was? If you need more tips about introducing your baby to milk protein, cow's milk protein, yogurt, go back to episode number 13. It's called milk protein, how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. You can hear more about yogurt there. Once you get yogurt under your baby's belt, you've done it a few times. The next week you can do peanut butter if you thin it out. Again, you want to make it really thin. You put on a thin layer on top of pancake or toast. Parents say like, how much should I offer my baby? There is no there are no guidelines, rather, for how many grams of peanut protein we do over X number of days. In, if you look at the LEAP trial, they did a certain amount over a certain period of time, but there's nothing to say that if they had done more or less over more or less time, it wouldn't have been efficacious. So we don't, in case you're looking for like, huh, how many grams do I have to do for how many days? That data is not there. You just have to take that recommendation early and often and do with it what you will. So that's strategy number one, thinned out peanut butter spread on pancake or toast. Number two, peanut powder. Okay, so peanut powders are these defatted, dehydrated peanut protein in a powder form. The problem with them is that like originally when they hit the market, I don't know if you guys remember this, but peanut powders were like part of the like low fat craze, like, oh, enjoy peanut butter, but without all of the fat. So, you know, peanuts, if you look at them, are just protein and fat. When you take the fat out to lower the calories, there's only protein left that tastes gross. So they add a lot of sugar or artificial sweeteners. So you want to check the ingredient list on the protein powder that you're selecting to make sure A, it doesn't have added sugar because that's not appropriate for babies, or B, that it doesn't have artificial sweeteners, also not appropriate for babies. So you want to choose peanut butter, peanut powder brands rather, with minimal additives, okay? Most of the additives are either salt or sugar, which are not appropriate for babies. And then with the peanut powder, you can make smoothies, you can bake with it, you can cook with peanut flour as well. Um, but again, just making sure that your baby's been exposed to the other potential allergenic foods in like, let's say you're making a muffin with peanut powder. If it has flour and eggs in it, flour is wheat and eggs are eggs. Those are two different allergenic foods. If your baby's never had wheat and your baby's never had egg, then you can't use that muffin recipe as the way you're going to introduce your baby to peanut. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The third way to introduce your baby to peanut is the way that I prefer and that I've done with my own seven children, but then also 
in my practice when I teach baby led weaning, and that is through the use of a peanut butter puff. Okay, I like peanut butter puffs that are formulated for babies. They're about the size of a Cheeto. I'm not talking about those little tiny puffs of air that they sell you for $5 in the canister at Target, the little star-shaped ones. Those are not real foods. Those are not baby foods. They actually can be dangerous because they're just pure starch. They mix with your baby's saliva. They can form a bolus and obstruct your baby's airway and actually increase choking hazard risk rather. And not to mention that a six and seven month old baby trying to eat a puff, it's the little tiny star-shaped ones are so silly because they don't even have their pincer grasp and they can't pick them up. So it says it's like a first finger food, but babies don't get their pincer grasp until eight months of age. Now you're implying babies don't start food until eight months of age, which we know is too late. I'm going to stop going down the puffs um, rabbit hole right now and come back to peanut butter puffs, which are different than the puffs. So peanut butter puffs are shaped like Cheetos is the only way I can think of to describe them. They're about the size of an adult's pinky finger or a French fry. They dissolve easily in your baby's mouth. So we want to introduce peanut protein at six months of age. Again, this is before your baby has a pincer grasp. So I like the kind of bigger, fatter shape of a Cheeto-shaped puff that the baby can scoop or rake up. They get a little bit in their little baby fist, but they get some of it sticking out. They're able to self-feed. They're nice and soft, so they dissolve in your baby's mouth because your babies are starting solid foods more often than not before they have teeth. And you don't need teeth to do baby led weaning successfully, but the peanut butter puffs are nice. Um, the particular brand that I like is called Puffworks Baby. If you go to puffworks.com, you can get 20% off the Puffworks products with the code BABYLED. I'll link to that in the show notes with a link to their website. The show notes page for this episode is blwpodcast.com slash 14. And again, I'll link up some of the articles I was talking about. Dr. Sunog's book, as well as the link to the peanut butter puffs. And I love those peanut butter puffs because they're softer. And some parents will ask, well, what about Bomba? And I used to use Bomba all the time, which is Bomba is actually the uh, Israeli food company brand that was cited in the LEAP trial. If you look at the LEAP trial, it's really interesting because what they do is they analyze different groups of babies, um, Jewish children born in Israel compared to Jewish children raised in New York City, and found that the children in New York City had much higher rates of peanut allergy. Well, that's because in Israel, the babies were routinely fed bomba, these peanut butter puffs, as part of the weaning diet. So like beyond a shadow of a doubt, these particular studies proved that the early introduction, because the babies were being fed peanut butter puffs in Israel, was what was so protective against peanut allergy compared to in the United States when parents were following the guidance to delay the introduction. So it's unusual to see like a branded food item in a peer review published article, but Bomba is actually mentioned in the LEAP papers if you look at it. And I used Bomba for a long time before Puffworks Baby came on the market. I like the Puffworks Baby product. It's not as readily available. You do have to order it online. Like Bomba, you can get at Trader Joe's now. So I like the Puffworks Baby product, though. It's a little bit softer. And I should mention that Dr. Ron Sunog, who wrote the book Eat the Eight, is a medical advisor for Puffworks. And so he's directly involved in the creation of the peanut butter buff with the intention to make the Puffworks Baby one much more easily dissolvable in the baby's mouth for those early eaters. I also like that the Puffworks Baby product is non-GMO and organic. It has less sodium than Bomba. It has no added sugar. Some parents complain it's a little bit on the pricier side. I would agree. They do have free shipping on their website if that helps, but it's not a food that you would feed your baby every single day for the rest of their lives. Like once you go through a case of the Puffworks baby product, 
a lot of babies love it and the parents keep ordering it, but also you could do peanuts in a number of different ways. We just don't do globs of thick peanut butter or intact nuts for babies because that is a choking hazard. So there you have it. Three easy ways to introduce peanut to your baby. An important, potentially allergenic food for you to introduce early and often. Again, it's one of the three most common pediatric food allergies. So put it up top there. Do it. I like to do it during the second week of baby led weaning. Again, if you need more information about how to introduce those allergenic foods, go back to episode number 12, which is about why you don't need to wait three to five days between trying new foods. But I talk about why you do need to wait between the allergenic foods. And also episode number 11 might be of interest to you, how to introduce allergenic foods to your baby. And if you're deciding to mix it with yogurt, make sure you listen to episode number 13, which is how to do cow's milk protein. I know I basically just told you to listen to every single episode, which reminds me, if you like this podcast, please subscribe where you are listening. And I would love it if you would leave me a review. If you are finding these episodes helpful, let me know what else you want to hear or learn about when it comes to getting a safe start to solid foods with your baby. I do teach a free online workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners every week online. It's all about how to get your baby to eat 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches because pouches are a waste of your money and purees your baby can feed it to them by themselves everyone on the free workshop gets a copy of my 100 first foods list that does include the different allergenic foods try to do one new allergenic food a week you guys starting from the time you start solid foods and if you're listening to this after your baby started solid foods write down the list of the big eight allergenic foods add sesame at the end or circle them on the 100 first foods list if you have it from my workshop and offer your baby one of those per week. And in nine weeks, your baby can have gone through the big eight allergenic foods plus the sesame, which sometimes gets lumped in there as well because it's not a big eight food, but sesame allergy is on the rise. Again, you can sign up for the workshop that free baby led weaning for beginners workshop with the hundred first foods list. If you go to the show notes for this episode, which is blwpodcast.com slash 14. Thanks guys. Bye now. Hi friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.